What's up, family? This is the final segment of the Beat Sheet. And since we are going into chapters that are not currently in Black Sands, we'll use very generic topics to fill the gaps. So, the first thing is we then went through steps 1 through 10 of the Beat Sheet in the last two weeks. It was pretty cool. Um, we went through a lot of different examples in Black Sands, and we really broke down every step. But now it's time to get into that final act of our story. Act 3, and we start off with Beat 11, All is Lost. In this part of the story, the main character takes his or her biggest loss ever. It should be catastrophic. If you have a mentor in your story, now's a good time to kill them, banish them, or have them turn their back on the MC. The MC must feel much worse off at this moment than when the story began. A good example of this is when you are trying to stop an alien invasion and you think you figured it out, but really, you just got lucky and now the mentor will sacrifice themselves to save your life. The character will feel extreme regret and feel the death was their fault. This must happen in order for the character to grow. So one of the things that we always need to focus on when we're making this beat of All is Lost it's mostly the fault of the main character. So the main character is like the thing that the main character won't accept, the thing that he's trying to change over the course of the entire story. That's usually the Achilles heel that causes this massive loss in this section. So try to remember that, that one fault that you know the main character has and use it in this moment in order to give him his biggest loss ever. And then after we've given them the biggest loss ever, we're going to the 12th beat, which is the dark night of the soul. So whenever you have a huge, giant, catastrophic loss, you're going to think about it and you're going to think about it out loud. This is the part there where the main character is literally voicing their doubts, their guilt, all the things that they feel they failed at. They're usually very directly considering quitting and accepting their fate. This is usually where a B-story character will help them pull their crap together because one thing we know about main characters is they're kind of reluctant heroes. They didn't go into the story to be the biggest baddest or be able to save the world. They went in there for their own personal reason. And now they feel like the, the moment is too big for themselves. That's why you need a great B character to go and knock them back into shape. <laughs> and... Uh, once we've had that moment, right, once we've knocked the main character back into the game because they were about to quit and we said, nah, you ain't going to quit, bro. You need to keep moving. We're going to break into three. Now, breaking into three is pretty much the eureka moment for the main character. Like the main character literally will have a moment where when that B character tells them about how they need to proceed or gives them that, that boost of inspiration, they start thinking of the, the problem from a different angle. They start thinking of it from a way that they weren't normally thinking before. So if they're a tough guy, they don't think of ways of solving the issue by being tough. Now they think of ways of solving the issue by being smart. So this is where the evolution of the character starts really showing itself and that's what you're going to see right here. You're going to see the main character figuring everything out and finally deciding that they're going to win. 
It gives them the spark needed to not only push forward, but do it with grit and purpose. Think of the scene where um, Perseus uh, finally figures out how to get into Medusa's lair. It's like the Eureka moment. Hey, we have the opportunity to finally get Medusa's head. We know how to get into the lair. Now it's a moment where Perseus is like, all right, I know things have gone absolutely terrible for the last hour and a half. But guess what, guys? This is the last scene. This is where all or nothing. We need to get this right now. And that's the idea of this part of the story. I love this part of the story. So the first thing they need to do, the main character, is they need to gather their team and they need to storm the castle. That's what happens right after you finally have that eureka moment. You know, because at the end of the day, most of the time, the main character is pushing people away or messing up their relationships throughout the entire story because their their personality is so um, different from the, the cast. But in this moment, they're mending those bonds. They're finally getting over themselves in order to make friends with their with the people that's around them to help. Maybe it's not even like help. Maybe it's like tools that they forgot to use. And now they're going to use those tools that they neglected for such a long time. They're getting over themselves. They're getting out of their own way in order to be able to have this success. And once they finally gathered all their stuff, they stormed the castle. (laughs) I also like to bring up the idea of Aquaman. So. Uh, let's go with the movie that we saw like a couple years ago, Aquaman. I thought it was amazing, right? But there was a, a specific moment early in the story where he was trying to figure out what made him so special. They were like, you're, you're basically the rightful king of, of Atlantis. And he was like, nah, I'm not really the king of Atlantis. Like, all I could do is talk to fish. That's the only thing I have special. Everybody else is strong in the water. Everybody else can swim fast. Everybody else is powerful. So I'm not really unique. All I could do is talk to fish, right? So he's basically going against that one thing that made him different, right? He didn't really care about it. He didn't think it was special, whatever. But his storm the castle moment where he has to basically bring an army to stop the Atlanteans, right, from basically taking over all the seven crowns or whatever, he goes and... What he does is raise an army of all of the sea's creatures because he can talk to fish and he accepts it. That that's the thing that makes him different. That's the thing that makes him the, the, the king of everything under the sea. The, the fact that he can speak to all the creatures of the sea, including creatures that were basically like cursed. So nobody could talk to them. Basically, they were like just doomed people. And he could control them as well because he had the ability to speak to all creatures of the sea. So we have um, we we basically have Aquaman taking his what he perceived the most useless talent he had and then making it his strongest asset. And that's usually what you see when people are gathering their forces Right. They're getting all the things that they have neglected the entire story, whether it's a person, whether it's a tool, whether it's an ability. And then they get it all together and they start using it the way it was intended to be. And that is the idea of gathering your forces. Now, when you're storming the castle. 
this has to be a moment that basically seems impossible. It should look like there's no way this plan is going to work. And the only thing that keeps you hyped and amped up reading that kind of section is the fact that the characters are so motivated at this point. At this point in the story, there is nobody showing any doubt at all. All the doubts, all the arguing, and all that stuff doesn't exist anymore. It's time for everybody to all, to all in. And that's why the energy in this section is amazing because they're trying to make all the plays possible. But when they think they've made it, when they think the plan actually worked, something goes wrong. Usually there's a twist in there. Usually the bad guys already have a, a plan B and the plan B is acting perfectly. So now the main character has to make a split decision. They have to basically make a moment, a moment decision that's going to affect whether they succeed or fail. And succeeding is not guaranteed. All right. They're not going to make a choice that absolutely 100% is going to work. It's kind of like one of those 50, 50 toss ups. And if they succeed, they're going to be like, wow, I can't believe I made it. It's one of those moments where the suspense is at an all-time high. This is very important to have that kind of moment in the story because when you have those kind of moments, you really will have a reader waiting for the next book. Right? They're like, man, I got to read the next book because, because that, that, that story ended on one of the craziest moments I've ever had in my life. And I can't wait to see more moments like that, more buildup like that. And, you know, it all matters, right, if you play it right. Now, if you go and have them win at the end easily, like in freaking Justice League, where Superman shows up and just beats the main, the, the main villain so badly and so pathetically that nobody really cares. Like, it almost made it where all the other characters didn't even matter anymore. Once they resurrected Superman, the story was over. That was it. He was so overpowered, he didn't even have to fight him. Like, he could have soloed the entire thing. And that's kind of like, the that, that, that's just bad writing, right? Because at that point, right, nobody really cares about the cast. And the cast is supposed to be one of the biggest things. It's all these different characters coming together. So we have to make sure that it's not an easy win. We have to make sure that everybody plays their part, pulls their weight, and that when they do win, it feels like it was a real challenge. It feels like it was a real accomplishment, not just for them, but for the reader. Because the reader feels like they just went through it too. They were there. They helped Perseus make the play. You know, that's, that's important. Finally, you're going to go into your final image. Now, your final image is, um, it's, it's like a very brief moment. But in this brief moment, usually it's like the, the, the outro of a, a, a book or a show it takes us back to where we began, right? It's the, it's, it's the exact opposite of where we began. So it's going to have a similar setting. It's going to have a similar atmosphere. However, the character will be very different. They'll have a very different perspective on life. They'll look more rugged. They'll look more determined and more confident. And they'll walk off into the sunset or something like that. But basically, the idea is now the world is different. Even though it's the same, it feels different. There's a different aura about it. And that is the final image, right? The image of change. The final moment, right? That we can finally say we have completed the job of changing the character for the better throughout this story. 
And, you know, that's it. That is the beat sheet. So once you have all those beats together and you put them together, you need to write. And I'm going to give you a straight month to do it. Because after a month, when I take my break, right, I'm on vacation right now. But after a month, you should have your first manuscript done. All right. First draft. First draft has to be done within a month. Now, that means you probably could write about 40,000 words. I'm going to be honest with you, 40,000, 50,000 words. That's a good first draft for a novel, right? You'll probably expand it to like 80,000 oh, over time. But at the beginning, 40,000, 50,000 words, that's a great first draft of a manuscript. Uh, and obviously, you'll also be able to do a comic book, right? 32-page comic book or something like that. You should be able to write that out. You should be able to look for some artists to start working on it. You know, you should be really be going, you should be pretty far ahead within a month. And then right after that month is over, I'm going to come in to check in with you guys. And more importantly, when that month is over, I am going to begin teaching you on how to actually get your mar your books into market, right? Because at this point, once you've gotten to that stage, you need to be thinking of how to sell the product, right? You, you've made your product. You kind of have an idea of what your final product is going to be. You know exactly what your story is going to be about, what the main character is, what his story is. So now you know what you need to do to get into market. And now you need to figure out how you're going to sell, how you're going to sell more units, how you're going to print your units, how you're going to raise capital, how you're going to get into certain fairs and everything else. That's what we're going to be going over a month from now. So mark your calendars. All right. Four weeks from now, we're going to go into the business side of publishing. And we're also going to do a couple of episodes as well about the creative as well. So we can go and refresh you guys on, on creative. All right. So this is, the, this is the last episode for a whole month of the Ultimate Guide to Self-Publishing. Uh, thank you so much for being here. This is a lot of episodes we've done so far. We've done an amazing um, time growing on this platform. And like I said, I'll see you in a month. Peace.